To the measure of a fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them experiencing it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery, and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. I'm not eating pudding. And our resident Star Trek first timer, Elliot Red. And I believe him. Hi, everybody. <laughs> what uh, what pudding you got there, Matt? Uh, there's no pudding yet. It's definitely not a chocolate fudge cake in a box. Ooh, a top nice. tier pudding. Mm, I, didn't, yeah. I definitely didn't order like a giant pizza meal deal because I was enraged with how my day had gone. <laughs> so there's this pizza meal deal near me, which is important to talk about because pizza is the same shape as the saucer section. Um, <laughs> and it does like a, a giant pizza, uh, some garlic bread and some loaded potato skins and a pudding. And it's like less than 20 pounds. And like, that's like, Two or three days worth of food. Yeah. <laughs> what are the what what are the potato skins loaded with? Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what what else do you have in your potato skins? Well, sometimes they come cheese and bacon. All right, okay. Well yeah. I mean, let's not push this meal deal. Okay. <laughs> Doing a lot of heavy lifting here. But every time I order it, I kind of like disassociate and then come to and then I realise I've ordered this. This giant feast. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just got like pizza for days, you know, which is great. Nice. And that's my story about pizza. What were we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, just in case you missed the intro, we're going to talk about Star Trek. Oh, no. That. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit. Okay. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry you had a rough day and then we made you watch enterprise again but you know needs must needs must as the devil drives <laughs> or as travis drives oh travis because it's a travis episode what? now before we started on this mission and it has become a mission uh to watch enterprise in general I could remember exactly two episodes that focused on Travis and we've now had them both. And I genuinely don't think there are any more where he's like the main guy in the story. Yeah. And that's a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. He he is an interesting character. And this episode goes to some interesting places with his backstory and everything, but perhaps too little too late. Maybe. I'm sure Elliot has plenty to say about that. He's certainly the most like, normal and sensible of all of the cast so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah in that way it's kind of not a surprise that they don't focus on him at all because he's not the freak <laughs> didn't i get a finger stuck up his butt by like an alien like yeah. you know sex performer or he he didn't like he didn't nobody got a landmine stuck through their legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we'll come on to that <laughs> 
he's he's not been pregnant and he doesn't have sex with torpedoes. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, man. If this if this if Star Trek was a reality show, Travis would get zero camera time and it would be on everybody else all the time. Yeah, almost just how the show is basically. He'd have been voted out a while ago, but he'd be happy about going. Oh yeah. We open on Travis, and he's sat in that lovely little sweet spot from the pilot episode where you can mess with gravity and go sit on the ceiling, which is nice. Yeah. He enjoys it. It's cool. I like it. And he's he's there with a, a little bottle of some kind of drink and, and a book. It's a yop. I think it's a yop milkshake. <laughs> he's drinking a yop. <laughs> It's not like it's not a top tier milkshake. It's not like fridge or like you know a bespoke one. It's not, it's not, not like a, it's, but it is you know it's not Yazoo. It's, it's something. Else. <laughs> I, I haven't had a shop bought milkshake for a while. I couldn't tell you what's good and what's not anymore. Oh, the the best ones are always in sort of like you know Asian mini supermarkets that uh, that you just randomly stumble upon, and it's like there's one in a glass bottle that had barely even has a label, and you're like. Yep. This is like the best milkshake I've ever tasted in my life, but also the sugar is probably going to kill me. That's absolutely true. <laughs> well, I need to go and sample some more milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't bring them back to your house because you know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, so many footprints in the front yard. <laughs> uh, we, we don't talk about the tragic milkshake incident of 2015. <laughs> Travis gets a call from the bridge saying, hey, can you come to the bridge? And he goes and just leaves his, his yop and his book on the ceiling for some other schmuck to clean up later. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole guy whose job that is, so to be fair, you know. I wonder if that guy doesn't know about the sweet spot and thinks like Spider-Man stowed away or something. <laughs> What's that milkshake getting the ceiling? <laughs> like his little extendy mop thing. <laughs> just like knock it down. Like that guy has traveled what, like a hundred. What do they say? Like hundred and eighty light years, and all he does is yeah. clean the ship. He's just got a Hoover. The Hoover's a robot as well, so he's like, oh, I don't even have to do that much. <laughs> I, I'm just picturing a radio control Henry Hoover now. Yeah, oh, same. I'm, I'm picturing like that because it's like that. I know they're not there yet, but it's that the bit in Rick and Morty where he's got like the toast spreader that's becoming sentient and they're like just getting sentient. And it's like, what am I? And he's like, you spread toast. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, actually, weirdly enough, that like, did Han Solo have another droid that did, his, did like housework around the Millennium Falcon? Because like, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. And you could probably pick up a droid for like what, 140 credits and it would probably yeah. just like clean the ship. And like, if you got angry and I like, just, you know, kicked it against the wall, it broke. You'd be like, oh, well, we're able to buy a new one out of my next smuggling <laughs> one. I bet he got through loads of droids doing that, didn't he? Yeah, you? yeah. Because to be fair, the Falcon on the inside, fairly clean. It is. Like for a guy who doesn't really do a lot to it, like there's not like pants everywhere. Guys, are you... Are you kidding me? He lives with a Wookiee. That's like 10 cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's all the Wookiee here? Where are all like the damp pants over the back of all the chairs and stuff? Like, you know? Where's all the waistcoats? Do Wookiees get hairballs and vomit them up? Because that is going to be a that, mess. Only if they clean the same way as cats. <laughs> Too back, like in the back of the ship. 
grapefruit <laughs> <laughs> sized ball of hair on the ground. That's an easy chewy. <laughs> oh, chewy. Wrong time, guys. <laughs> on the Enterprise bridge, Archer is briefing the the crew saying so admiral forrest has rung and he said that we've got to go back 30 light years now because there's a planet that's like shifted orbit or something and there's a lot lot of volcanic activity i couldn't say that word volcanic activity oh yeah they described it as a geological fireworks show didn't they yeah i couldn't imagine anything more fucking boring i know i know it's like (laughs) we've got to go and record it for some reason. They take two steps forward, and then Admiral Forrest makes them take two steps back. To, to watch a planet... I don't get it. To watch a planet explode? Yeah. Just to watch yeah. it? And then they don't even have to watch it, because they're like, well, the ship can do most of it automatically, and Trip is all, fuck yeah, movie nights. <laughs> genuinely one of my favourite subplots of the entire series so far. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I disliked a lot of the setup to it, but the payoff scene was very good. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I, uh, we'll talk about this when we get to it. But yeah, there's some great moments. There. Yeah, so basically, he's, he's decided they're going to have three movies over three nights. They're doing uh, the classics: Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein. Now, Frankenstein and Bride are genuinely two of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, they're great movies. Mm-hmm. I love those films, and so I felt Tripp's enthusiasm for them, and I was right there with him. Son, little less keen on. Don't think that's as good. Nah, nah, it's not, is it? I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. When, when he said the three best horror movies of all time, after he said Frankenstein, I was expecting like Dracula and then The Mummy or, I don't know, Tom Cruise well, Mummy or something. But I'm, I'm 100% with uh, Mr. Panucci from Futurama, and I think that the three best monster movies of all time are Dracula, Blackula, and Son of Kong. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I haven't actually seen Son of Kong, which I I don't want to, because King Kong genuinely is my, again, one of my all-time favorites, like top three movies of all time, the original King Kong. You love me. a monster picture, don't you? I do love a monster picture, and especially an old-school black-and-white RKO or Universal. <laughs> not Man of the Hands of Fate. That's not a monster picture. <laughs> it's in color. Gorgo is a monster. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, you're right. Okay, I love certain monster pictures. Old school Godzilla, they're great. Gamera, he's a lot of fun as well. But Son of Kong, because I love King Kong so much, I'm a bit like, oh, do I really want to try it? But then on the other hand, I have watched both the Dino De Laurentiis and Peter Jackson versions of King Kong, so I might as well. I think you should watch it and tell us about it next week. Yeah, do it. You assume I have any time at all. I mean, you know, just like... You could neglect your wife for an hour and a half, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what people do. To be fair, she'll just go and do some cross-stitch and everyone's happy. So. You watch Son of Kong. Who wouldn't want to watch Son of <laughs> <Yeah>. Kong? <laughs> Fine. I will try and watch Son of Kong before we record our next episode. I'll give you two weeks. <laughs> Thank you. Very generous. On my desk by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and pictures of Spider-Man <laughs> that I can do in the nude no <laughs>
Trip then tries to convince T'Pol, hey, you should come and watch Frankenstein. You will love it. And she's all, I don't want to watch movies. I'm a Vulcan. So she goes to Phlox and says, hey, I've got a headache. And Phlox says, you have to go and watch the films. Though. Yeah. She wants to eat carrots and read reports, doesn't she? Like, that's what she's into. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I do get it. I'm I, I'm kind of with T'Pol here. But at the same time, it's kind of like you also, you know, still just being a suppressed emotion Vulcan, and that's the only reason you're going. But I get it. it would be frustrating if, you know, three people in a row go, you should go to the movie night. I'm not sure if I want to much stay in my room. You should go to the movie night. Okay, I'm not sure. You should go to the movie <laughs> night, though. Oh, my head. Like, I'm totally with her. <laughs> to Paul, I was watching um, uh, an introvert meme that my wife sent me the other day, and it was that one where it's the kids from Rod Hull's pink windmill and it's like oh my it's god like, hi my name's katrina and my name's lorraine and they're all kind of dancing and like the the thing is like you know when you're an introvert and like you go out with a group of extroverts like that is what to paul's life is like she's just you know existing and all of a sudden like archer jumps out like from an audience going hi my name is johnny and my name is trip i'm malcolm i'm hoshi and my <laughs> name is travis <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just brought up Rod Hull's pink windmill. That's... <laughs> You're a pink windmill. <laughs> this fudge pudding has given me eerie powers. <laughs> How to explain Rod Hull's pink windmill for our American listeners. So there was a man and he lived in a windmill. It was pink with his pet emu. And then a witch tried to get them sometimes. The, the, his pet emu was genuinely one of the greatest, uh, cr- greatest like, psychological creations of, of, of the 20th century when the emu because it was a puppet was on his arm he had no control over that arm no. he was not in control of that animal it was an animal not a puppet it was just an animal made entirely out of a covered human arm it was terrifying and and the witch was named grot bags so don't you americans feel enlightened i certainly well, don't we definitely should post some kind of link to it on the social medias well i might just you know play a snippet of the theme tune right now and now from emu's world somewhere in the heart of england comes emu's all right in window Welcome to all of us here in Emu's World, and in particular to us at the Pink Windmill. Isn't it good? It's going to be so different from all the last series you've seen, because in fact, since the last series, a lot of kids have found out just where the Pink Windmill is, and we've got a whole bunch of them right here today with us in the Pink Windmill. Haven't we, kids? You all right over there? Yeah! yeah! And something else, too. We've got the television cameras inside the Pink Windmill. They're actually working, so we're broadcasting now to you live, direct from us here at the Pink Windmill. And that's, no, no, don't do that. That's one of the cameras. Look, here it is. Hello, hello, John. Hello, You're right, John. Yes. It's nice here in the Pink Windmill, isn't it? I'm a bit frightened, though. What are you a bit frightened for? Got bags. Oh, got bags? She's here. 
Oh, I hope she, she doesn't come down here. She won't come down here. You'll take care of him, won't you? What will you do if Grotbags comes down here? <laughs> Don't do it. Stop it. Not to him. He's our friend. Wow, that took me back. We don't need to leave space for it. <laughs> no, but we did. So. <laughs> I'm I'm far more confused than when you started this conversation. <laughs> well, let's go back to the Enterprise where Travis goes to see Archer. And Archer says, hey, you. Ugh! Keeps glancing through his desk to look through his reports to try and figure out who it is that's coming to his office. But can't find it. Walter. Never uses his name once in this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Travis says, you know, we're actually going to be passing quite close to the ship I grew up on, the Horizon, and my dad's sick, so I'd quite like to go and visit. My my family still live there, my mum, my brother, my mum's the chief engineer, and all that good stuff. And Archer says, well, I think we can manage without you for a few days, because I have no idea who you are or what you do. That's just great, Wally. <laughs> is this the bit where Archer oh no it's later when Archer talks about it when he gave thought about serving on a cargo ship and then this goes there and I'll never explain that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I think that is this bit because yeah. I say I'll explain it to you next time we have breakfast together Bertrand whatever your name is <laughs> <laughs> Squalmire <laughs> Squalmire where did you get your names from like Weird discount name store. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know anyone called Bertrand. Yeah, but it exists. Does Bertrand it? Russell, the philosopher. Ex-Formula One racing driver Bertrand Gasho. Yeah, no, Gasho. I don't, I don't watch what Formula One. What did you say, Squalobo? <laughs> you can't even remember that name, can you? Uh, what name? Exactly. <laughs> the remember. one you made up. Travis. What, Squalmire? Oh, you can remember it, okay. <laughs> you didn't make it up as much as I thought you did. No, oh, I did, but, you know, Squall and Maya are words that exist. <laughs> well, they're words, yeah, but you can't just combine two random words and say, that is a name. Like, Biscuit Ghost, that's my son. That's a sweet name, man. Yeah, that's so silly. <laughs> I want to log out of the, of the of the chat now and come back in as Biscuit Ghost. And angry at <laughs> you have to explain that to people. <laughs> Matt's logged in as Angry Delivery Guy today. There we go. I explained it. <laughs> so Travis leaves Archer's ready room and then he gets a letter saying, oh, by the way, your dad's been dead for six weeks. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's awful. Like it's a really genuine. It's, really bad. it's really fucking bad. Yes. Um, <laughs> he goes back to sit on the ceiling again and have a cry, and then Archer just decides to get all up in his business. Oh yeah, Archer comes in with loser shoes. Did you see those? No. no. What? Yeah, like just some loser boots on. It just made him look like a loser. Archer comes in and goes, well, sometimes messages from Starfleet, you know, the communication network's not great. Sometimes I put coffee on things and then I can't read them because they're all wet. <laughs> and then Archer says, look, I know for a fact your dad was proud of you. And Travis says, oh, no, he's annoyed that I left that ship and came to be in Starfleet. And Archer goes, oh, no, no, I had a letter from him saying you were great. Yeah. That's isn't that great, Billy Travis? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly spat my coke out on the microphone. <laughs> you know that that fucking Archer has been sat on that message for three weeks, and he's like, Travis, 
<laughs> Travis, is that the guy from? Is it the guy with the bats? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, the in- inconsistency of being able to receive and send messages six whole weeks. Admiral Forrest just phoned them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, John, sorry, I forgot to mention that you're on um, Wayne's dad is dead. Who's Wayne? I don't know. <laughs> the British guy, he's someone up there. <laughs> oh, have we had, was, we've missed a bit where um, Malcolm and Trip were talking, or Malcolm and um, Travis were talking, that's his name. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. About, and he goes about, well, we should put families on starships, that'll be fun. And then Malcolm's like, I can't imagine my dad being on a starship, walking around, being a racist, and you know, we need a psychologist on board. And I'm like, lol, they're talking about yeah. the next generation. Yeah, they are. They are. Although, <laughs> I don't think they meant bring your parents, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring your weird dad along. Like, he touches everything. Like, he's... Why are there fingerprints over everything? Or Morgan's dad has been down here, like, fondling <laughs> all the apples and pressing. You can just buttons. imagine them having the comp. Father, did you have sex with my torpedo? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Both of those guys need to be fired out of a torpedo. <laughs> yeah, Travis's dad has been dad. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I feel my fudge cake has, has caught on. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Travis is dead as in down an archer captain and doesn't and then Travis fake ship. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> I I will say I was actually ch- touched by this scene. It did make me feel feelings. Only because I like Travis so much. Yeah. And and this is actually good use of Archer. Like he with his big giant face, he makes a good sort of you know dad figure. Yeah, it was it was good. Being a captain, yeah, to yeah. your lower-ranking officers, and 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 making them feel, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Sympathetic, love, forgotten word, wanted. Yes, that's the one. Thank you. <laughs> but no, it, it was a very very nice scene indeed, and yeah, I liked it a lot. I wonder how. Uh, what's the actor's name who plays Travis? I can't remember. Anthony Montgomery. Anthony Montgomery. I wonder how he cried in that scene because he was very good in that scene uh and i wonder if it was just natural acting talent that he cried or if he used a technique oh i i'm gonna go talent yeah i am too i'm assu- I'm just gonna assume that yeah he's just good at acting i'm not assuming that he has a little joey tribbiani tweezer technique or anything but i think that scott bacula had been eating strong onions <laughs> <laughs> uh wow the Enterprise docks with the Horizon, and Trip sends Travis on his way, hands him a pad, and says, "Look, I photoshopped you into these places." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's supposed to be photos he's taken of Travis, but they were all, aside from just one, clearly, you know, paramount headshot of the character on the bridge everything else he just photoshopped him in badly yeah that one of him on the bridge though it did look like in the middle of like a red alert of swerving through an asteroid field trip had just gone round in front of travis and gone smile (laughs) 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 
Not now, Trip. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> On the horizon, Travis meets his mother, and he's all like, "Hey, did you know Dad's dead?" And his mum goes, "Sorry, which one are you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, which one specifically that she can't tell her sons apart <laughs> or it might be her daughter we her sister gets mentioned too <laughs> yeah it's true that's true she does some really nice mothering though of i hear it's quite dangerous on the enterprise your sister told me you got in a storm and the ship got invaded and travis does the usual well it wasn't that bad but it was <laughs> <laughs> They thought I was dead one time. (laughs) They literally killed me. They literally found a corpse. It would have traumatized you. You wouldn't believe how many ghosts I've had to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's the first thing you should have said. No, ghosts are real. I was right. He sees a, a little friend of his in the corridor who's all like, hey, meet up in the mess hall later. And I was like, you know it. And we never see this guy again. Oh, yeah. um, I forgot about this dude. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Welder man fucking sparking away at something in the corridor for no reason. Oh, yeah, Memory yeah, Alpha right. tells me his name is Juan. Juan. <laughs> because he only appears Juan time. <laughs> there were a lot of generic names in there, weren't there? Like, yeah, Generica, that woman that came into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Travis gets his old room back as well. He's he's going to walk to the guest quarters, but his mum goes, "No, no, no! I kicked this guy out of your room and redecorated it to how it was four years ago, so you could stay in it." And Travis goes, "You're fucking weird." <laughs> Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure. I realised that, like, oh, she gave him his old room back, but I didn't realise she'd actually decorated it back to look like his old room as well. But yeah, I guess she that put makes sense. stuff everywhere. She even stuffed yeah. a copy of Freighter's Wives underneath yeah. his mattress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, he's got a, a lovely little chart he made as well of all the star systems he wants to visit, but oh, they're good. all so far away. Yeah, I like it was. It, I, I, I assumed it was shop-bought. I mean, oh, you mean like he didn't draw it in Universe Shop board? Yeah, not like one of the props department bought it from a shop. And, no. <laughs> it's actually like a map of all the Denny's in the San Francisco area. <laughs> I don't even know if they have Denny's in San Francisco. Let us know on social media. I don't have to shout at them, boy. They can just hear me, yeah? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I can just tell you they do. I've, I've, Denny's is a West Coast thing. I've, I've been to it. Oh, that's just great, then. Edit that bit out so I don't look like a twat. No, it's definitely staying in. <sighs> you twat. Damn it! For <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time you've made me look like a twat. <laughs> the editor has the power. I'm going to eat the rest of this fudge cake now. Carry on. <laughs> uh, Travis's mum leaves to go and do engineering stuff so uh travis then just leaves the room goes down to the cargo bay and meets his brother paul who is now the captain because he's got the captain's jacket that's, that's the it. thing you get mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah now they said travis's dad was sick but i suspect paul murdered him do you i don't think he has that much initiative to be honest with you no <laughs> yeah me neither <laughs> i think he's only captain because he's the only one with a jacket fit <laughs> It it feels like freighters run very much like Klingon vessels. So <laughs> it's a yeah. yeah. 
someone dies and it's just like the sun gets it. All right, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it sounds right. It's just everyone who's literally been living on a ship their entire life has no idea about anything to do with actual command line. So they just go over hierarchy of. Oh yeah, his son is in charge now, I guess. But what about the engineer? His wife is still alive and is like chief engineer and knows a lot more about things. I'm pretty sure. Nah, make the son yeah. captain. That's a good point. God, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did she become captain? I guess she got a lot of jobs on. But then again, didn't somebody have five jobs? Yeah. Can't remember who, but somebody did. There's only five jobs. I don't know. She seems. She seems a little, uh, little, little Mike. She probably would have said, "No, nah, I don't want the job. Give it to my son." Like, I'm not a maniac. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I can understand engineering and people. It's, it's all pipes, isn't it? You know, Just put, put jam. <laughs> That's all she's doing is fixing pipes. Yeah. There's also there's there's a moment when Travis walks into the room as well when his brother's like, "Hey, you're an ensign. I'm a captain. Salute me." And Travis is like, "I'm an academy ensign. You're just a jacket captain." Yeah, he is. <laughs> that's like you know you've got like uh the helmsman of like a, a nimitz class aircraft carrier and then like somebody who like pulls as a tug down in like barry island or something in wales <laughs> like, it's not one of those things is not like the other yeah obviously i can't mean two things which is how that works but you know what i mean yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Travis says, hey, you've got lots of cargo, so things must be going well. And Paul's like, yeah, but I'm really busy, so fuck off and stop wearing your stupid Starfleet uniform. I agree with that bit. I was like, why are you still in your work clothes, Yeah, mate? <laughs> You're on holiday yeah. now, Travis, technically. My God, yeah, he is. He's like that kid who wore a school uniform on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Travis then does start to basically make the ship better. Like going, oh, hey, this stuff works like this on the Enterprise, so we can just upgrade things and pause all. But I don't want upgrades. I want a shit shit. What's wrong? I'm just working on a few upgrades. I don't remember asking for any upgrades. You were busy. I didn't want to bother you. You're going to love this. You know those port stabilizers that were always acting up? Before I left, I spoke with Commander Tucker. Commander Tucker. Our chief engineer on Enterprise. He showed me how to reconfigure the spatial discriminators. Shouldn't give you any more trouble. What's going to happen if these improvements of yours go offline? You'll be back on your Starfleet ship, out of comm range. Who's going to fix it? I'd prefer it if you didn't modify any more systems without discussing it with me. Whatever you say, sir. Maybe you can stop by engineering. Build us a warp five engine. I'm with Paul on this, though. Because he's fucking around with things. He's touching things. He's like Malcolm's dad. I am to a point. I think that what they should have done is just had a conversation beforehand yes. where Travis said, hey, I could make some things on the ship better. And then Paul could have said, oh, I don't know about that. How would we fix it if it breaks? And Travis goes, oh, no, it's real easy. I can show you. And then it would have all been fine. But of course, instead, we have to have conflict. Imagine if Elliot, right, went on a really long car ride with you. And then you got to like, I don't know, like Cumbria or something in the north and and like, then you got out of the car to take a piss. And when you came back, 
he'd rewired your stereo. I would be impressed because <laughs> I didn't think Elliot had that level of skill. <laughs> well, what about then? He like glued a cup onto your like dashboard, and he's like, "It's a cup holder. You can put another cup inside the cup." I think the the point is that imagine that you you have this exact level of doubt about my ability to rewire the radio. You get back into the car, and I tell you, I've rewired the radio. <laughs> That's kind of the I point, get right? Back for the car, <laughs> and I just walk away. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, and then then Paul just says, "Well, why don't you just build a warp five engine, you twat?" <laughs> I know. You big talent. You go down to the warp. Room and build a warp engine. <laughs> I don't know why, but it it just <laughs> parts of it were well done, and parts of it gave me very Paddy Considine and Rafe Spall in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <moves>. Yes, <laughs> were they in Hot Fuzz? Oh, the Thatcher. No, I can't remember the name. What are their names? They're the two like CID detective guys in. Uh, oh, in the, the in twins. The... Yeah, you want to be a big cop in a small town? Fuck off up the model village. <laughs> <laughs> that was Travis's brother to Travis. <laughs> this is the most British reference show we've ever done. Yes, yes, it is. I'm sorry, but international American listeners more. have seen Hot Fuzz, though. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, pretty big film. Travis goes back to his room, and some woman turns up and says, "Hey, we were friends. Let's jump on the bed, but not really." Generica. That's it. Yeah, that's that generic. was Generica for sure. Memory Alpha says her name is Nora. Oh, well, you know what? Her and Travis have definitely done it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Seems to be the, the implication. Maybe if there was one in the scene. Like, he was a boy. She was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? They both lived on like a 200 meter long freighter <laughs> and everyone else was a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He was a freighter boy, he said to you. <laughs> anyway, she basically says, your brother's shit at being a captain. Sort him out. And and then the ship gets attacked. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. Travis goes to the bridge and they're being shot at by unknown alien vessels. They attach a doodad to the warp nacelle and fly away and then basically it turns out that another ship got attacked by these same ships the same thing got attached to them and then a bigger ship came and nicked all their stuff and killed three of the crew sounds sensible i would like to point out this happened at exactly 20 minutes with into the episode exactly 20 minutes they got attacked it's almost like you know halfway through the episode and the writers went what do we do now have them be attacked i guess and also, this adds to my, um, you know, remember we had this conversation about the Ferengi being in it and, like, they shouldn't have been in it. We don't know. We just don't know who these guys are. We don't know who anybody is right now. It's just angry-looking aliens in sketchy ships flying around, blowing things up. Hmm. But they managed to get scans of the ships, and Travis looks at them and goes, oh, these are like these other ships I've encountered before, so I know what to do. I don't believe this. I Like, I just think that... 
Travis is like, ah, I reckon I know what to do. Because I don't see how like it looking like another ship is going to make it like another ship. Like lots of yeah. things look like things. <laughs> yeah, he, he he compared them to the uh the ships that the Maserites had, which were the guys who chased them when they had that Vulcan ambassador on board. Oh, those guys. Yeah, yeah. And then he does the worst thing he could possibly do in this situation to have anyone instill confidence in him. And he says, so there's a guy on my ship, Malcolm, and he has taught me how to deal with this shit. And I was like, no, Travis, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, not Malcolm. He's basically saying we can take out their engines and then do whatever. But his brother's all, no, we'll ditch some cargo and go faster. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't really understand his logic when he, uh, I'm trying. I can't remember who was saying that they shouldn't fight with their guns because their guns are crap. That's the captain. That was Paul. Yeah, and he wanted to outspeed. Right, he wanted to try and run away with a a thing that can't go fast. Yes. Yeah, yes. I didn't quite understand that logic. No, I didn't understand his logic in this either. It was a really dumb idea. Like, the ship goes at warp two, and, you know, even in the olden days of, like, this point in Star Trek history, I feel that, like, no self-respecting, like, armed warship is going to be trundling along at warp two. Because, like, warp two means it takes you, like, four years to fly from one place to another. So Yeah, so, yeah um, I imagine the aliens would just go, oh, they've gone a little bit faster. Well, what are we going to do now? Can, can we go a little bit faster? Oh fuck, we can! If everyone leans forward, we can we can <laughs> hopefully make the ship go a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> or I could just press the go faster button. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. So Paul is saying, "No, we're going to do my thing, and you can get fucked, Travis." And Travis is like, "Oh, but I wanted to do the things Malcolm taught me." You stay away from Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad man. <laughs> Back on the Enterprise, T'Pol has decided she's not going to go to movie night, and then Archer says, yeah, you fucking are. You're going to have dinner with me, and then we're going to go to the movie night, and you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to be a good time. And somehow that convinces her. Yeah, I think that she accidentally thought it was an order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you assumed one was coming, didn't you? Like, the same as before. It's like <laughs> she's been ordered to fraternise before. Why wouldn't it be happen again? He did that thing where he's like, I'll be your date, which is what like weird dorks say to people who don't want other people, other people don't want to be their dates. Like to Paul's like, you do realize that I'm like super hot and you've got a massive face. Like, I, I'm just going <laughs> to be there. I'm, I'm not going to be a date. <laughs> but then, then we cut to them watching Frankenstein and we get some footage from Frankenstein, which just made me think I should watch Frankenstein again. <laughs> yeah. To Paul starts getting bored and looking at a pad and like this morning's sensor calibrations or something and archer says stop that watch the film so she does and then behind her flock starts going to trip oh okay so he's making a man out of parts and he's put the brain in he's going to use electricity cool do you know there's a planet where they sort of do this and then to tells him to shut up and i was a bit like oh, but i do want to hear more about this planet that frankenstein's <laughs> yeah the, i i when she told fox to shut up i was like this is the most I've ever liked you, DePaul. Like, yeah. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> For sure. But at the same time, it 
at that point, I was like, oh, of course you didn't want to come. This is the people you have to sit in the cinema with. And I would <laughs> never want to go to any of these movie nights because you got Trip on the left side going, you know, back in the swamps of Florida, I used to see alligators like that in the script. And you got Malcolm on the <laughs> other side going, you know, I used to date the sister of the actress of this film. And, you know, I didn't like her hair in June specifically. And then you got Flocks behind you saying all that shit. Archer to the left and behind you all of that. To Paul in front telling you to shut the fuck up because she thinks you're the one talking i would hate being in this little cinema <laughs> that was a that was a superb rant <laughs> i got a million of them ladies and gentlemen <laughs> your your malcolm's much less goblin like than mine yeah your malcolm's yeah. actually pretty good it's <laughs> and your trip's good as well i was looking forward to your flocks <laughs> <laughs> I you know what John John Billingsley does such a good job. I can't even like attempt to imitate Flogs. He's he's very unique. My, my Malcolm would have been. I dated her and then I took her teeth from my collection. Oh, in the bag it goes. <laughs> no, I've noticed he. You got Gremlin Malcolm is what I'm going to call this impression. Our version of him is very nasal, and real life Malcolm is actually very stuffy and not nasal. That's the difference, you see. Gremlin Malcolm, <laughs> but no, real Malcolm doesn't have a nose. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a nose. <laughs> Just that's the way you've got to think of it. If you're going to do a Malcolm voice, how does he smell? Probably Awful, pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go back to the freighter. Uh-huh. Wait, I want to do one more thing actually on this scene because this is just great. The, the a flocks. It's probably Joseph Mengler of Denobula. Like, <laughs> wherever something horrific happens, he's like, so happy about it. <laughs> he's like he's that guy who lived on your neighborhood for years. He had a bit of an accent. Uh, he worked at a local hospital, and he was beloved by everyone, and he would give children lollipops. And then he dies, and you find out that he was a Nazi that had come to the UK and was working with the government before they eventually sacked him because they... I don't know, caught him like stealing hands from a morgue or something. Like that's that's Fox. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I I genuinely didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> uh back on the freighter, some guy on the bridge, there's lots of some guys on this ship, says, Hey, someone's tampering with the impulse relays. So Paul goes down to see Travis basically connecting the weapons to the impulse engines like he was told not to. Yeah. Stop it, Travis, please. <laughs> they argue. Paul's all like, you left, and I don't like that you left, and Starfleet sucks. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> Travis is like, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he basically says, Travis, take those upgrades offline. And then Travis goes and has strawberry shortcake or something. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like a weird meat meal when it looks some kind of bolognese. Yeah, yeah, like bolognese yeah, wrapped yeah. in something. More like strawberry short fake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Called him. <Okay>. Hello? Anyone? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his mum turns up and he says, Do you know, when I went to Earth, I had real strawberry shortcake. And, and like, I actually oh. prefer this shit now. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Whatever, Travis. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but he, he then says, Do you know, I'm thinking I could I could stick around longer and come back and live on the ship again. And his mum's like, yeah, no, don't do that. Oh. We do not want you here. 
Yeah, he did go to San Francisco, didn't he? <laughs> That's where he got that Denny's thing from. <laughs> My theory is complete. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Paul's in a worse situation than his father was. His father was a worse captain than Paul was, and he was younger than Paul. And basically, Travis's mum does that mum thing and fixes everything with words. <laughs> Diplomacy. If you want to use a longer word for words, sure. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the very best scene from this whole episode. Because we cut back to the Enterprise, where Archer, Tripp, and T'Pol are eating together and discussing Frankenstein. And she's like, I empathized hard with the creature because you humans are shit. It was such a good payoff. Yeah. No, it was great. And the fact that immediately Archer's just like, oh, no, I don't. Now I don't want you coming to the movie nights. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Stop flirting with her, Archer. You're gross. (laughs) It's the bit when she says, do you know what? This feels like Vulcan's first contact with humans and how we were dealt with when we originally arrived on Earth. It matches it so well. I'm going to recommend Ambassador Soval watches the movie and then shows it to every Vulcan that's ever coming to Earth, ever. Yep, that is so funny. And I hope that still, like, happens in, like, the time of Captain Picard. (laughs) (laughs) It was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, that was one of the most fun payoffs of a B-plot we've had in a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Unfortunately, the scene is interrupted because there's some volcanic activity happening on the planet and they detect some microbial species unearthed by the activity. That's the last we're going to hear of that. Who gives a... What what was the fucking point? Yeah. What was the point? There was none. And those microbes would go on to be Geordie LaForge. (laughs) 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 Like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd have rather talked more about Frankenstein. Yeah, me too. More Frankenstein chat. Less microbes and geological fireworks. Please. Like, if you are a geologist and you're listening to this show, let me know that I'm wrong somehow. <laughs> you can let me know that I'm wrong and I believe you. Then, uh, great. Like, There is an earlier scene as well when Tripp's trying to convince her to watch the movie where she says, ah, I found out Frankenstein is a book, so can I read the book instead? And Tripp's all like, ugh, books? No, but now I would like to have the other way around where they both read the book and discuss it. Yeah, I would like that too. I would like them to both read The Shining and for uh, <laughs> for Tripp to be so scared he puts the uh, book in suspended <laughs> animation. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we cut away from Frankenstein fun and volcanic eruptions back to the horizon where the big ship arrives and then... It hails them, and Paul says, hey, you can take our cargo. And the alien's like, I want your ship too. And Paul says, but, but, then what will we do? <laughs> and he's like, Travis, you know that weapony thing you were going to do? Can we do it, please? Lucky he didn't go downstairs and take it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they basically shoot the alien's engines and weapons and then run away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we see the actual horizon for what it is, is that little tug bit at the front, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, with a, basically a tiny... It's like if someone attached a Ford Fiesta to about 12 shipping containers. Yeah, it is, yeah. And put engines, like big ones, on the Ford Fiesta. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he does radio the aliens and goes, uh, yeah, that's what you get. Don't don't mess with, with us anymore. Yeah, we're running away now. You big jerks. That's about it, really. Yeah. Yep. They meet up with the Enterprise. Paul goes to Travis's quarters and says, hey, you're going back to the Enterprise. I like you now. We're we're friendly again. So that's that's nice. And then he leaves Travis's quarters and doesn't seem to know which way to go. <laughs> <laughs> he very much looks uh, one way, then the other, then the other again. He's like, I, what, this is my ship. How am I lost? Is it just a thing with captains in this show that none of them know, like, anything? Yeah. I'm fairly certain. Vulcan captains, they all seem a bit clueless. And then Travis gets back on the Enterprise. Archer meets him and says, Ah, our new recruit. Welcome to the Enterprise. My name is Jonathan Archer. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Onion. <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. Yep, it, it did end there. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, and as I say, I, I quite liked it. Yeah. I just, I felt like it should have been a season one episode. Yeah. That would have made more sense. Yes, that would have made more sense. Instead, we got the other season one episode in the freighter. Yeah, I think they should have swapped them around, shouldn't they? I mean, obviously, they probably hadn't written this one at that point, but it would have been better if those episodes were switched. Yeah, because this, this episode feels like the first time we've properly started getting to know Travis. And yeah, we know a couple of his quirks and foibles, but... Like compare Travis to in the next generation, Chief O'Brien. Oh yeah. Who wasn't even a main character, but we got to know him pretty well by the time he then left to be a main character on Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah. And they did that just through little conversations and scenes that Travis just has not had. So we're towards the end of the second season. This is a main character and this is the first time we've gotten to know him. Mm. <laughs> that is true. Like, to be fair, Chief O'Brien you know, he was a kind of character that you can imagine just like asking like really inappropriate questions to all these like well off people <laughs> that he works with. Like, yeah, he's on like an enlisted man's salary, and like even you know, probably Wesley Crusher's pocket money is probably slightly better than what Chief O'Brien earns. <laughs> and then, like Chief O'Brien's down in the transporter room pretending to punch him in the arm, going, "Ah, there you go." Oh, yeah, mm. you're like that. Uncomfortable <laughs> like, about it. <laughs> But yeah, Travis doesn't have any of that chance, really. He just you know drives the ship. Yeah, and I feel like this is the biggest episode Travis is going to have. I don't think we're going to get any other episodes where he's the focus, and yeah. that is a real shame. And it means that in this episode, because I don't know Travis that well, even at this point, I, I, I liked all the Travis stuff, but I was more invested into Paul watching Frankenstein. I was into that too. Of course, because <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day, I'm sorry to say it, it doesn't seem like there is much more to explore with this Travis character. He's really fucking boring. <laughs> like, there's like nothing to him. Absolutely nothing special. We're just not allowed to know anything interesting about him. I've, what, I don't understand what else that could be interesting that isn't I mean, obviously, you just say, oh, yeah, he was actually six and was in a cave once and knocked his head and the cad spider power. I don't know, whatever. Got bit by a radioactive <laughs> spider, or whatever. But I don't see his spider powers, so I don't care. All I see is a really dull human who is very unfortunately very normal amongst a bunch of freaks. Like, <laughs> But that's that's the writer's fault for not giving him more. No, I'm not saying that's Anthony Montgomery's fault. I'm just saying oh, this no, no. character yeah. is deadpan as fuck in every situation. 
it's never any of the actors' fault. All of the actors in the show are you know are, are totally good. You know, they're decent actors. And I mean, I do make you know, Ellie, you started this, but I do make fun of Arch, Archer's big face. He hasn't even really got that big of a face, I guess. Mm. I mean, he's just it's just his personality that makes his face bigger. What Travis needs is a face in beginning. Car- Travis's character in this episode was a boy who grew up in space and doesn't get along with his brother, and that's literally it. There's nothing else oh to character yeah. whatsoever. That's, that's like that's like this fucking podcast. Yeah. yeah they just don't write anything interesting about travis's character any of his responses any you know pastimes or anything it's all just really kind of very plain the star chart was like the only detail of his past is that he wanted to go to space and then he went to space that's his life you you was already there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you just went that, on yeah. a faster ship exactly yeah, mum, can I go to space? You are in space. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> but I want to go in better space. Yeah, I want to go in faster space, please. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree that like we should be getting to know these characters more. But this this character is nothing else to get to know. So I am not surprised if there is no other episodes. They didn't write a character worth exploring. Everybody's boring till they have trials. Like he needs to. You know, like be captured for three episodes and his come back. His father and died in this episode. No, his father died six weeks that's before true. this episode. Six months. Notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. But like, yeah, like oh, there was something that should have been a trial in this episode at the very least. Also, I will say Archer was on trial last episode, and we don't particularly like him anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't want to see him either. <sighs> I mean, do we have anything else to say about Horizon? Or is it just like, yeah, that was solid. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Again, you know, enterprise level enjoy. Yeah. I I I I enjoyed the emotional moments between uh, various characters in it. It was nice to sort of not have, uh, oh no, Malcolm's going to die, and then expect everyone to care about that plot. You know, it's like it's Travis, man. He's he's all right. He's a good kid. You know, he, he laughs at your jokes and uh, he shares his chocolate pudding. And he tells you a ghost story. Yeah. God, I hate him. I, <laughs> I really liked uh, Anthony Montgomery's performance in the scene where he's crying and Archer's consoling him. And I even liked Scott Bakula's performance as Archer in that scene as well. I really liked the poll and the whole Frankenstein sort of payoff to that subplot thing. But as usual, 70% of the episode is dull and annoying. I, I do really want, and I don't think we're going to get it, but I really want an episode where we get to Paul's opinion on Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I would like that. That would be great. But we won't. I'd like to Paul to rate all of the classic horror films. Yeah, just give her a Universal Monsters box set and have at it. <laughs> I wonder what she'd think of the Wolfman. Well, I mean, that's just like the wolf is, is emotions, isn't it? Oh, when yeah. comes out. Uh, yeah, she'd empathize hard with the Wolfman. You'd enjoy the Wolfman. What about the mummy? She's seen mummies in real life. <laughs> yeah, remember? There was mummies down there. Yeah, there were. There were. I don't think she'd be so into the mummy, to be honest. That's just an evil man in the end of the day, isn't it? That's true. What about the invisible man? What do you think you think of that? 
oh, the science would be of interest to her, but she'd be like, see, humans are dicks. Mm. Yeah, she'd be like, oh, the Romulans have developed a cloaking device. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all the films I know. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't like that. No. (laughs) I mean, I do. Well, you're you're a man of excellent taste. Yeah. Can't wait to eat that creature. (laughs) (laughs) Our next episode is The Breach. Elliot? The Breach, huh? The Breach. Um, so either, okay, I'm just going to say either the Enterprise will be breaching something or the Enterprise itself will be breached. That's my guess. Well, I don't remember if I'm being 100% honest and I've just shut down memory alphas. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now and I don't know because a pop-up ad is a piece. There you go. Uh, I don't remember it. Oh, I do remember it, actually. It's a Flox episode, so it might be a good crack. Okay, cool. We do like a Flocks episode. That's that's literally like one of the very, very few things you could have said to make me go, okay, then. <laughs> Is the other one, Elliot, we finished Enterprise? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I have no idea what the others would have been, but I'm sure they exist. Hey, we've nearly <laughs> finished season two. Okay, then. We have. We have. <laughs> and I think we've got some genuinely interesting stuff coming up in these last few episodes, too. So, cool. Hopefully. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you have enjoyed us waffling on about Horizon. Well done you if you did. Well done us if you did, I guess, because we've entertained. I'm going to cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) There's no evidence. (laughs) Uh, If you have enjoyed the show, please do rate and review us on your app of choice, especially Apple Podcasts. Those five-star ratings there really do help the show. And if you're so inclined, you can donate to the show using coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com, where you will find our profile and you can buy us a cup of coffee, which would be gratefully received. Any money received does go straight back into making the show even better. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We will speak to you in a week's time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.